Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Bryn Wise, and you are listening to the Grace Mama Grace podcast. I am a mom who struggles with mom guilt, and I am working tirelessly to overcome it. It is my mission to help you remember that you are enough, exactly the way you are. You are the mother your children need, and you are perfect as a mother just because you love your kids. Let's do this. All right. Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. I am so stoked to chat with you today. And for the first time ever on my podcast today, I have a guy. I'm so stoked. This amazing human, his name is Brad Bizjack. He's been in my life for like two or three years. And he came into my life as a part of the Beachbody community, actually. He's a mindset mentor and coach, and he helps you to just bust through the crap that's holding you back and become the person that you were sent here to be. And he has amazing resources and amazing content. And he just is one of those people that he speaks and I listen. I I don't know if how long you've been around on this podcast, but if you go back to the very beginning, I changed my intro to this podcast because of something he said. He talked about how pain is something we all feel, but suffering is a choice. And at the beginning of my podcast, I talked about how I am a person who suffers from mom guilt. And I dedicated an entire episode to pain versus suffering because of this guy, because of what he's taught me. Last week's episode, I talked about how he always talks about when you turn your expectations into appreciation, your life will change in an instant. And this is that guy. Okay. This is Brad Bizjack. He is amazing. He is a an amazing husband. He has a beautiful little baby girl. She's just a few months old. And he is just one of those people that I want to be like, I want him in my corner. I want him to be one of my friends and my people. And I want you to know him because if he blesses and changes your life, even a fraction of how he has blessed and changed mine, then I will have done my job today. So Brad, welcome, welcome, my friend. How do you follow that intro? Like <laughs> that was like that was amazing. <laughs> I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, seriously, you are someone who's just you really have changed my life in so many ways. So I'm so grateful you're on here today with us. I'm so grateful to be here too. And and guys, I want you to listen to this. This incredible woman is the real deal. I, she is so hungry for growth and change. Every single time I've come in contact with her, it's always been about how she can improve, how she can better her life, how she can make a change that impacts other people in their lives. And her heart is to serve. It's absolutely beautiful. So I can't wait to give back in the way that you've just touched my life and the ways that we've interacted together. So let's, let's play ball. Let's serve some people. Yeah, let's go. I'm here for it. Okay. So one of the things that I think can help, I, I, if I understand correctly, the, the general audience that's listening to this are typically moms that might feel a little bit guilty and maybe are a little bit hard on themselves sometimes. Oh, so yeah. if that mom is listening right now, hi, I'm Brad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
that mom is listening right now. Let's let's talk about a couple of things. Like, where did this idea of not doing enough come from? Like, where is that pressure coming from? Like, if you really think about it, every single day we try our best. Every single day you try your best. I see my wife do it all, all the time with Lily in the other room and like just everything she does on a day-to-day basis. It's absolutely amazing the efforts that put that's put in. But if you're like most moms that I come in contact with, there's a vibe and a feeling that you're not doing enough. And before we go into how to combat that, because I got some goodies on how to combat that. Um, <laughs> before we combat that, I want you to think about where did that come from? Like for me, when I was growing up, that was the general vibe. It was kind of like nothing I did felt like enough. Everything I was doing was all about craving validation and seeking approval and making sure that my actions felt like they were enough. And I didn't believe in myself. I didn't have confidence. I didn't know just how to believe in myself. And what I came to realize in my life is that a lot of the beliefs that I had that led to feelings of inadequacy weren't even mine. Like if you take a look at, let's just use that belief. We'll use that belief. For example, I am not enough. Like, Comment on Bryn's episode here if you've ever had that feeling. If we're honest about that feeling, everybody feels that. Everybody's deepest fear is that they're not enough. And if they're not enough, then they won't be loved. That's what we really want. If you're doing your best as a mom in everyday life, what you're craving is love. That's what you're craving. You want to make sure that you are loved. And a lot of times I hear moms say, oh, I'm worried about my kids. You know what's interesting about that? That's only partially true. Most moms are worried that they're going to fail their kids. That's what they're actually worried about. They're worried about if they are doing enough. And if you think about where this idea of needing to be enough, needing love came from, it's biological. I think we're the only species, maybe one of the only species where if you are not given physical love when you're born, you die. Right. So what is it called? Failure to thrive, I think is what it's called. Yeah. And if you're not given love, you actually die. So we are biologically programmed to crave it. And when it's missing from our lives in some way, shape or form, then we do everything we can to seek it. But most of the ways that we do that is by beating ourselves up. We beat ourselves up and we were mean to ourselves, And it's almost like this self-deprecating talk that rationalizes why we feel a certain way. And so I want you to ask yourself, if you're challenged by that belief that you're not enough, where'd you learn that? Who taught you that you're not enough? Was it something in your life where you were dealing with, let's say a parent or let's say a close mentor that something happened where you started to feel that way? Like, why is it that you don't feel like you're enough? And the, I bring that up because a lot of the times our beliefs that shape our life aren't even ours. We grab them and adopt them from the people that we trusted to do the best job they possibly could. If you think about it, you come into this world and you're a blank slate. You're a blank slate. You don't have beliefs when you're born, but the people in your life, they start to impress upon you these beliefs and you start to adopt them because they're the people that are taking care of you. And so I want you to ask yourself if you actually adopted that belief from someone in your life when it's not even yours. And it's really easy to hold on to that belief. It's really easy to use it to dictate our entire lives. Think about it like a lens, like a, a glasses prescription. 
If you've ever been to the eye doctor and it's like one or two, two or three, one or three, like that's how they figure out your contact. I don't know how they actually do it, but like that's what you go through when you're getting your lens prescription. Well, people are going through life, viewing their life through a particular lens and everything is filtered through that prescription. So if the prescription in your life eyeglasses is I'm not enough, then that's how you're going to see everything, not just as a parent, but everything in your life versus if the prescription is I'm confident, I'm beautiful, I'm capable, I am enough. That is going to lead to a completely different life. But a lot of times people think that the expectations around them, that life around them needs to change in order for that view to change. But it's actually the way that we're seeing life. And so before I keep going, Bryn, does this topic sound like something that's in alignment with what your audience is needing today? Oh, for sure. And I think just listening with the ears of the mom that I am on my worst days and that I used to be, I think if you could just share some of your like, I think it's just so easy to get into the like, yeah, it's, it's okay, cool. Like I'm beautiful and I'm enough and I'll just tell myself that. And, uh, but is it actually going to change anything? Like, is it actually going to do anything to tell myself? Oh, actually, no, I I am confident. I am beautiful. I am enough. Like, how do you actually Mm change that inner voice of if, if this is a deep seated belief of like, I am not enough, like give us tangible tips, tricks, tools to, to combat that, to like, just prove to myself, prove to whoever it is that that truth of my worth is eternal and I claim it, right? Like that's one of my affirmations. My worth is eternal and I claim it. And it is something that I'm working on every single day. But I know that we've talked a lot on my podcast about how there is really no such thing as self-sabotage. It's it's not yourself that's sabotaging, it's Satan. And there's like literally shoulder devils on <laughs> shoulder angel shoulder you know what I'm trying to say, shoulder angel, shoulder devil. And that little devil loves to just like put salt in the wound and like, oh yeah, like you are failing. Right. And, and it's really not ourselves. It is literally like an outside influence. It's an outside source that is trying to keep, keep us small, keep us stuck. And so how do we combat those, those mean voices, those literal devils that are trying to keep us just from, and I going off on a little tangent, but I feel like when, when I believe that version of myself, when I believe that I'm not enough, I just show up as a totally different mom. I'm mean, I'm short, I'm impatient, I'm grumpy. And it all stems back to just, I just feel inadequate today because I failed in X, Y, Z, Q, R, P and A. Right. And And so how do I flip that? How do I, when I feel like I'm inadequate, when I feel like I'm enough, not enough, how do I fix it? Oh, such a great question. (laughs) So many ways. So what we're going to talk about first is this is kind of the intro of how to change it, but it's what causes people to be happy versus unhappy and what causes people to suffer. Then we'll go into where beliefs, like how to actually break beliefs, how to install new beliefs, 
And then what to do in the moment where you logically know this, but crap gets in the way and you kind of feel inadequate in that moment. So welcome to my TED talk. Um, <laughs> okay, so, I'm here. So if you think about, if I were to ask you guys listening to this, this question, how would you answer? What's the formula for happiness? And it's interesting because there's actually an equation. There's actually an equation that will dictate if you are happy or not. So I want you to think about something in your life right now where let's say you're truly happy. Maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your finances, maybe it's your business, maybe it, whatever it is. Think about an area of your life right now where you feel happy. Why? And think about the answer to that question. Pause this, think about the answer to that question and write it down. Why are you happy? And when you come back, you'll realize something. The reason you are happy is because the way life is matches how you think it should be. That's why anyone is happy in any area of their life. LC equals B. That means your life conditions match your blueprint for how life should be. But then if you think about an area of your life that you're unhappy with, let's say it's motherhood, for example, or your marriage or whatever it is. Think about an area of your life where you're unhappy. Why? Why are you unhappy? And you pause, answer that question. And what you'll find is you jot down a bunch of answers that tell us why it's not like it should be, right? Oh, my spouse doesn't do this, or he treats me like that, or you know, my kids misbehave, or we don't have enough money. The answer to that question, if you're unhappy, is that it should be different. That's the formula for unhappiness, the belief that it should be different. So LC does not equal B. Your life conditions don't match your blueprint of how things should be. And just like Brynn said at the beginning of this episode, my favorite quote of all time is from Tony Robbins and it's trade your expectations for appreciations and your life changes in an instant. And everything starts to shift. So if you think about that, that tells you exactly why you're happy or sad in a certain area. And the reason for that is because it's gonna lead into how to change it. But there's also a formula for suffering. Suffering has an equation. So if you're suffering, well, what's suffering? Suffering is when you're experiencing consistent pain over time that doesn't get better. Think about an area of your life where you might be suffering right now. And I want you to think about this. Wouldn't you agree that the reason you're suffering is because your life conditions don't match your blueprint and you think there's nothing you can do about it? that's suffering. It's when LC doesn't equal B and you feel helpless to change. So how do people handle this in their day-to-day -day life? Three ways. Number one is they blame, right? That's the first way people handle areas where they're not happy. They blame. So, oh, it's because my kids were acting crazy today. Oh, it's because my spouse is a certain way. Oh, it's because we don't have money in the bank. They blame. Well, what do people blame? They blame three things. They blame either other people, they blame events, or with most situations with moms that I work with, they blame themselves. And blame is such a sexy thing because it gives you a way out of facing your fears. It gives you a way out of taking responsibility for your life. And moms tell me all the time, but Brad, like blame myself, that's the same thing as responsibility, right? No, blame is focused on the past and what went wrong. Responsibility is focused on the future and what you're going to do about it. 
Responsibility means the ability to respond. So anything in your life that's causing you pain, even if it's not your fault, you are 100% responsible for it. And that includes your belief that you're enough. That includes your own happiness. Survival is guaranteed for people to find. They'll find a way to survive. Happiness is your responsibility. That will not just happen because this thing, your brain, I'm pointing at my head right now, your brain is a 2 million year old mechanism. Its job is to make sure that you survive. Think about it, millions of years ago, you weren't worried about making sure the kid gets enough solids that day. You're worried about the saber toothed tiger hiding in the bushes that's gonna eat your baby. That's what you're worried about. We don't have the same threats, but we do have the same reptilian brain. And so it's programmed to look for what's wrong. And in my studies of personal development over the last decade, I've learned that what's wrong is always available to you, but so is what's right. And so we need to recondition ourselves to be happy because feeling not enough, that is actually a natural state, which sounds crazy. Feeling not enough is how you will be if you don't program your brain otherwise. So think about it like a MacBook. If you have a MacBook, you go through and you're like, cool, I got a new Mac, it's awesome, right? But what happens about a month and a half in? You get a little pop-up in the top right that says updates are available, right? And what do most people do when they have that MacBook and updates are available? What do they do? They click remind me tomorrow. And so they go on their merry way. I literally did this with my computer yesterday. <laughs> they go on their the merry way. Yeah all the time. They go in their merry way, remind me tomorrow. Next day pops up, remind me tomorrow. Next day pops up, remind me tomorrow. All of a sudden, that swirly little thing shows up a little bit longer when you're trying to load your iMessage, you're trying to load Google Chrome or whatever it is. But you don't update the software. You go, remind me tomorrow. Remind me tomorrow. And then something happens where you're like, sorry, dude, you got to refresh your computer. You got to update it, right? That's what the Mac eventually does if you don't update your software. Well, you don't have an automatic update in your mind. So we're dealing with this old software. And if you want to be happy and feel like you're enough, which I'll teach you how to do in just a second, you need to condition it and train it. The second way people deal with being unhappy and suffering is by changing the way life is, changing their life conditions. That's how you can be happier in a moment, right? You want to, let's say you're unhappy in your finances, you would go and make more money. But a lot of the areas that people want to change, like feeling like they're enough, takes consistency over time. So changing your life conditions isn't always the easiest possibility. Like you can do some things, but they might have consequences. For example, if you're overweight and I say, hey, I'll give you a hundred grand if you lose 50 pounds by midnight tonight, could you do it? Yeah, you could chop off a leg. Don't recommend it, but you could. <laughs> you could do that. It's not sustainable though. So most of the areas where we're trying to change our life and trying to create happiness, just by changing our life conditions alone, and this is what typical moms deal with, they want the external world to change in order for them to feel something. That you need to condition a new belief. It's not like the world's gonna change and you're gonna feel better, especially if the world changes, but you still have the belief that you're not enough. It doesn't matter if you have more money. It doesn't matter if your spouse and kids act a certain way. You're still gonna feel not enough on the inside. 
which is why you get to the third way to change unhappiness and suffering. Just change your blueprint. Change how it should be. If you went through life with a belief that life is always happening for you and not to you, or you went through life with a belief that you need to trade your expectations for appreciations, or you trade every single piece of suffering and see it as a gift, then all of a sudden you can start to shift how it should be. Right? If I take a look at the most painful parts of my life, they were all meant to happen. They were guiding me. They were molding me. They were creating me. In fact, if you take a look at the areas of your life where you feel like something traumatic has happened or something bad has happened, I guarantee there is something beautiful that came out of it. And what most people do is they're conditioned to believe they're not enough from events in their past. But what if instead of blaming your past, you started thanking your past? What if? Think about it. How many of you guys listening to this are better parents because you didn't like the way your parents parented you? How many of you are better with money because you don't like the way that you saw money handled or better in a relationship? There is a gift in pain always. And that's one of the ways to shift your blueprint. So we understand this conceptually that, okay, suffering and survival, that's kind of the default. In fact, feeling like you're not enough is the default setting of the reptilian brain because it's always looking for what you don't want, what to protect you from, what could be wrong. That's how you are conditioned. But if we realize that our happiness is our responsibility, we need to update that MacBook software. There are some things we can do to start to recondition it. And so let's talk about how to break a belief. This is super important because a belief is nothing more than a feeling of certainty. That's all a belief is. It's not factual. So think about the belief, I'm not enough. That is not a fact. It's an opinion. It's a thought habit. A belief is something you've thought so many times over and over and over again that you start to believe that it's actually true when it's not. It's just something you've told yourself. Right? Have you ever been like, let's say, let's say in college or something or high school, because you want to fit in, you want to be cool. You tell a story to your friends, but you exaggerate the details so more people like you. You know what I'm talking about? Like I've done that so many times in my life. Oh, yeah. You exaggerate the details. You know, if you're going fishing with your family, you didn't catch a six inch bass, you caught a three foot, whatever, right? You exaggerate it and whatever it is. Well, when you tell that story, you get rewarded, right? You're conditioned to tell that story again. So the next time you go back to the party, you say it with more conviction, with more belief. And you say it, you get praise, all that stuff. And then you find yourself five years into the future sharing this story and you don't even know if it's true or not. You're just sharing it because you've shared it so much. Well, the same is true with beliefs. Whatever you believe taps into the level of potential you ha have in your life. If you have a belief that you're not enough, you're gonna tap into less potential to change your life therefore take less action and therefore get worse results. And therefore the belief that you're not enough is actually going to get stronger. But if you believe that you are enough, you tap into even more potential, take way more action, get better results. And then the belief that you are enough gets bigger. It's a downward spiral versus an upward spiral. So how do we break going from that downward spiral to that upward spiral? If a belief is nothing more than a feeling of certainty, what breaks certainty? Because that's what we need to do. We need to break your feelings of certainty that you're not enough. And that's actually really easy. Two ways. Number one, doubt. And number two, pain. And there's actually a third that I was going to talk about at a later point. We'll kind of, kind of combine them together. But the third is vision. 
So doubt, pain, and vision. Okay, so think about a belief like a tabletop, right? That you eat dinner from. If a belief that says I'm not enough is the tabletop, well, you have different legs that hold up that table. Legs, otherwise known as evidence of the past, that proves it true. Those are reference points that hold up that belief. So what I want you to start doing, if you have this belief that you're not enough, is start bringing doubt to the belief by asking yourself, okay, is that actually true? Or did that thing just happen one time 10 years ago and I made up a big long story about it and kept telling that story over and over and over again, just like that high school party, and I believe it. Because most of the time, the belief that you're not enough came from one or two instances. And if you really go back and ask that, was that actually true? Was that just one time I made up the meaning in my mind that this is what I, it meant, or someone told me that I'm not enough and I took it to be true and I kept telling myself that. If you actually create doubt behind a belief, you shatter a leg, you take away that leg. And then you start asking yourself, okay, where is it not true that I'm not enough? Where is this belief BS? Where is this not true? Well, I did a great job here. I did a great job there. I did a great job in this instance, creating even more doubt, right? Is this belief true in all cases or is this just when I'm parenting or is this just when I am managing money or just when I'm building a business? So what you're trying to do is you're trying to get the logical part of your brain to create doubt in all of these areas. So you have the logic side taken care of and that's all fine and dandy and it's great, it's helpful. But have you ever tried the logic and reason your way out of a mental argument with yourself? Doesn't go very well all the time, does it? No. <laughs> so all that's doing is it primes you. It primes you. And I apologize if you can hear Lily in the background. She's just having a field day in the other room. So it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> so we have Grace, doubt. Daddy Grace. That's fine. <laughs> Daddy Grace. There we go. I love it. I love it. So we've primed it with the logic side. But let's get to the emotional side. If you think about any change you make in your life, it's an emotional decision. If you try to lose weight, you're going to do it because of the emotions of losing weight. It, emotions that would come from losing weight or you don't like what you see in the mirror and it causes so much pain that you change, right? So let's create some pain. In, in fact, what I learned from my main mentor, who's Tony Robbins, I love, love him, love him so much, at his seminar at UPW is, and I recommend going, I don't have any affiliation, but go, it's life-changing. Um, he told a story. He told a story about the movie, A Christmas Carol. And if you ever listened to the movie, A Christmas Carol, or seen the movie, A Christmas Carol, there's this guy named Scrooge and he's kind of a butt, right? He's like really, really mean to everyone. He believes that in order to be successful, he needs to be mean. Is that actually true that that's why he's successful? No, he's successful because he works his butt off and he's super resourceful. But he linked up in his mind that the reason he's successful because of past instances that happened once or twice, and he kept telling himself that story, that's why he feels like he needs to be mean in order to succeed. And so with that, we can start to shift it because what happened with him? What happened was one night, three neuroassociative conditioning specialists showed up at his house. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. And what did they do? They linked so much unbearable pain to the way that he was living, the way that he currently is living, and what his life will look like if he keeps living that way, that he has to change. 
He boxes them in, they box them in from all angles. One, two, and behind you, you got to move forward, right? You have to move forward. So he was boxed in. That's what we want to do with your belief. If your belief is I'm not enough, we want to create pain behind that. And so I want you to start asking yourself painful questions like in the past, what has this costed me to believe this? Financially, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And don't just think about your own mental health. Who have you hurt from believing you're not enough? And if you think about the ways that you've hurt people in your life, by the way, a small dose of pain for total freedom, is that worth it? Yes. You want to intentionally give yourself pain so you can break free. And so you start asking yourself, how, what are the consequences of this belief? What does it cost me in the past? And get really deep and really dark. What is it costing me right now? And if I keep this crap up, believing I'm not enough, what's it going to cost me in the future? How is it going to damage my relationship with my kids? How is it going to damage my marriage? How is it going to damage my finances, my business, my career, whatever it is? And I want you to get deep and I want you to get dark. And the reason for that is because when you get dark, all of a sudden, it's the key to your freedom. So I'll share something vulnerable with you. When I was trying to change one of my beliefs, I couldn't find the leverage. But then I was asked the question, who are you going to hurt if you don't change? And I thought about my little girl. And I thought about her growing up, looking at herself in the mirror and not loving what she sees because I didn't believe in myself. That's not acceptable. I literally imagined her causing herself harm because I didn't believe in myself. And when I felt that and saw it and saw the picture of what it would be like in five, 10 years, 20 years down the road, if I don't change, that created some leverage. Mm -hmm. That made me go, nope, no more. I am done. I am changing this behavior. And if you do that with whatever belief you're challenged by, it doesn't need to be the belief that you're not enough, but it can be any belief then you'll start to make changes. It can be with the belief, I'm fat, I'm not beautiful, I'm not enough, whatever it is. You can start to create changes by linking pain and consequence to what happens if you don't change. Then take it a step further and think about, but what will I gain by changing this belief? If you believe that you were enough every day of your life, what would it do for your kids? What would it do for your mental health? What would it do for your future? What would it do for your finances, your business, your career? And you start linking up positive things with changing this belief, pleasure and pain working in your favor instead of them using you. Everything we do is driven by our need to avoid pain or to gain pleasure. Everything. And most of the time, we're just at the you know, expense of the world around us, right? That little devil on your shoulder that Bryn was talking about. But when you condition this, all of a sudden you're back in the driver's seat. All of a sudden you take control and your life can start to change very, 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 very quickly. And so let's think about changing. Once you start that shift and you link pain to a belief and you link pleasure to changing, there's a window of opportunity for you to, let's say, insert a new belief. So if a belief is like a record that's playing, and you don't want to listen to that record anymore, but it's still in that record player. The only way to get it to stop playing that song is to scratch the record. That's exactly what you're doing by linking pain to a belief. So that's going to make you want to take that record off and put on a new song. 
So when you link pain, you scratch the record. Okay, I'm not gonna listen to this anymore. I'm gonna take it off, put on a new record. And so once this is done, you then have an opportunity. You then have an opportunity to change. You then have an opportunity to insert a new belief. I am enough. I am worthy. I am capable and actually start believing it. But if you like, let's say, put in a CD on top of another CD in a CD player, do either of them play? Just the bottom one. Just the bottom one, right? So we need to take out the old crap. This is why when you have, let's say an affirmation, I am enough, and you say it, but you have the belief that you're not enough, it's why your brain goes, uh, dude, no, you're not. That's why that happens, because you still have that old record playing. So you need to scratch it. And one of the best ways to insert a new belief is through vision, through the possibility in the future. We talked a little bit about this already by that, like what would happen if you change? And what I mean by that is what do you want your life to look like? And what most people say when I ask that question, what do you want your life to look like? Is they tell me the pain they want to avoid. Oh, I just don't want to be in debt anymore. Oh, I just don't want to be scrambling and trying to put all this together with my kids, right? I just want to, I just want a sense of peace in my life. Well, peace is fine and dandy, but is that actually what you want? Is it true that you want that all you want is to no longer be overweight? Or is it true that you want to be vitally alive and healthy? Is it the truth that you just don't want to be in debt anymore? Or is it more true that you want to be financially free and abundant? Most people, when I say, what's your vision for the future, they tell me the pain they want to avoid instead of the pleasure they want to gain. So start asking yourself, when you're thinking about the vision for the future, what do you actually want? Not what are you conditioned to want to move away from? What do you actually want in an ideal? Like erase present reality. What do you actually want? A thriving marriage full of love and passion and compassion. A thriving marriage, right? You focus on what you actually want in your life. That's where you start to see changes. Because when you are in that energy, you start to be pulled toward a better future. You cannot create new from lack. It doesn't happen that way. Abundance and scarcity do not exist simultaneously. You never get beyond scarcity. You have to start beyond scarcity. What does that mean? Empowering thoughts need to happen before circumstances change empowering thoughts need to happen before circumstances change. And that's what causes the circumstances to change. So when you're thinking about a vision for the future, an ideal life, a beautiful life, a life on your terms, a life by your own design, and literally living in the feelings of those wishes, that is when you have the energy to change. That's when you have the energy to start thinking differently. That's where creativity exists. But people always tell me, but Brad, like you don't understand my life. You don't understand what I've been through. I can't, I can't even think about that if I'm just trying to get through today. Yes, you can. I honor that your challenge is significant. I respect that your challenge is significant. And speaking to the highest version of you right now, there's more in you than that. There is more in you than using your past as a way out of responsibility. When you truly let yourself dream like a little kid again, all of a sudden you start to get more playful, energetic feelings. Allow yourself to dream. And one of the best ways to do that is through pausing and taking some breaths. 
if you're in your head, you're dead. You can't make a decision from being in your head, but if you're in your heart, you're smart. In fact, they did studies on this. If you take three minutes and we, just because of time, we're not going to go through this exercise, but if you take three minutes and you breathe deeply into your heart and you feel the power and the strength of your heart and you appreciate your heart and you just focus on what it's guided you to do or to be or to give or to share in this life and you truly feel the appreciation of it. If you do that, it changes your entire physiological state. Heart math did a, a, a study on this. They measured the e, an EEG and an EKG on multiple different people, heart waves and brain waves. I forget which one's which, but they measured heart waves and brain waves. And when people were in their head trying to solve problems, just stressed and it was like trying to figure it out with everyday life going on, what they found was the brain waves and the heart waves were just chaotic on the screen. It was absolutely bananas. There was no rhythm, no nothing. And they didn't solve the problem. They didn't get into a better state. They didn't envision a brighter future because it was just chaos and cloudy up here. Most people think that they need external circumstances to change in order to feel mental clarity. It's not true. If you take three minutes and just breathe deep into your heart and feel the power of it, the strength of it, and feel gratitude for it, genuine appreciation for it, and this reverence for life and just beautiful memories in your life. And you focus on those just for a couple of minutes. What they found was when they measured the brain and the heart, after three minutes of that, the brain waves and the heart waves were perfectly aligned and flowing smoothly. And they made a decision like that. They were able to dream again like that. The clouds parted. It was easy to think straight. This is why breathing is so important. But if you think about anytime you're in a state of stress, you're not breathing. Breathe again, connect with your heart again. You'll feel more alive again. It will allow you to dream again. I honor the challenges in your life. But there have been people that have gone through so many more challenges, harder challenges, and have made it out alive, have made it out thriving. Think about this. What if I were to tell you a story about a young girl that was born when her mom was a teenager? And this girl was uh, just malnourished and all that stuff growing up. And in her adolescence, she was forced to sleep on the porch. And from the ages of nine to 14, she was consistently raped by someone she was supposed to be able to trust. Consistently over and over and over again. And this person would take her to the ice cream shop with blood still dripping down her leg just to make it all better. And at 14 years old, this person found out that they were pregnant at 14 and they went through the pregnancy, gave birth and the baby was stillborn and the baby was stillborn at 14 years old. And then after that, that might mess someone up a little bit mm -hmm. <laughs> and you go on and that person wasn't succeeding in her career, was told that in her career of choice, she'd fail. She'd never make it consistently over and over and over again. That person is Oprah Winfrey. That's Oprah's story. So I want you to have some contrast. Our situations feel so unique to us and we use them as a reason to blame why we can't change. But these thoughts, these feelings of anxiety or overwhelm or I'm not enough, everybody has them. And if you have a little bit of contrast and see other people have been through harder challenges, I'm not denying that your challenge was hard. It probably was. I'm not denying that. 
But when we see that other people have, that's creating doubt behind a belief, other people have gone through challenges and made it out and succeeded and thrived, that means you can too. These feelings, other people have felt them as well. So we want to break beliefs this way. When you do this, it allows you to live in a compelling vision of the future. And just like Wayne Dyer said, live in the feelings of your wishes. That's when your life starts to change. So now that we've broken some beliefs, let's take a look at how do we condition this belief that we're enough? How do we actually feel like we are enough throughout everyday life when life throws us curveballs? Because guess what? Life's going to throw you curveballs. If you've ever been through a, a significant growth point in your life, you realize that the minute you start deciding to change your life, that's when life tests you. That's when God tests you to say, hey, are you for real this time? Right? That's when you're tested. So it's going to happen. So how do we change it? Through the art of celebration through the art of celebration. I work with so many moms that don't give themselves grace and don't believe that they're enough. And the reason is because they're consistently focused on what they're not doing. They're punishing themselves for what they didn't get done. So what does self-worth equate to? It's everything, but there's an equation for self-worth. Self-worth equals love over time. That's the equation for worth. Worth equals love over time. Well, in our lives, if we're expecting love to come from external places consistently in the exact way we were expecting it, then we're not going to feel a sense of worth because most of us base our feelings of love on how other people act. And can you feel love from the way other people act? Of course you can. But what's the likelihood that they're going to act in alignment with your expectations 100% of the time? Zero. Zero yeah. percent. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So we need to take responsibility for the love that we feel. So if worth equals love over time, I'd change that to worth equals self-love over time worth equals self-love over time. If you practice self-love over a period of time, you will feel more worthy. When you feel more worthy, you're not worried if you're not enough and you show up as the best version of yourself. How do you condition self-love consistently over time? Celebration. Celebration, intentional celebration of yourself is one of the greatest lost arts in personal development. I gotta write that one down. <laughs> I'm going to go back and listen to this. It's one of the biggest lost arts in personal development because that is where energy exists. So what do you celebrate? What's something that I want you guys to celebrate each and every day? This is so important. And when I started doing this, all of a sudden I started waking up happier. I started waking up with more energy, a more, a bigger zest for life. I was dreaming bigger. I had more energy behind my goals. And it was like, it was almost like when I was speaking, because that's what I do for a living. I speak and I coach and I mentor. It was almost like when I did my day-to-day my -day work, right? If you're, a, if you're a mom, if that's your job, or if you have a corporate job or a business, whatever your role is, there's challenges. But what I realized in my role as a business owner, as a speaker, as a mentor, as a coach, is when I started celebrating myself before I went to bed each night, it was like the big guy just came through me in everything I did. Like I've been filming this with Bryn and I haven't looked at my notes besides three times 
in 45 minutes, mm -hmm. right? And the reason for that is not to impress you, but to impress upon you the power of self-worth. When you believe you are enough, the big guy comes through you. Amen. And it just, it just happens. And you don't, and that's like, you go, oh, I got to write that down. That was good. Thanks, big guy. Right? Yeah. Like that's what happens. <laughs> right? And so what do I celebrate each day? And this is something tangible that you can do to build up self-worth. I celebrate three things. Number one, I celebrate what I did accomplish that day. What I did accomplish that day. Because most moms focus on what they didn't accomplish that day. They have a to-do list a million miles long that's impossible to get done. And they check a few boxes, but what are they focused on? They're focused on all of the other things on that list that they didn't accomplish, which is them punishing themselves before bed. Whatever you focus on before bed, you're flooding your subconscious mind with, that's the energy you wake up with. So if you're punishing yourself for what you didn't get done before you go to bed, you're waking up feeling like you're scrambling, feeling busy. And then you start wearing busyness on your sleeve like a badge of honor, making, it, making you feel important that you're so busy but you'd be able to get through the day so much easier if you woke up feeling alive and electric and you wouldn't worry so much about what needed to get done. You would just do it. So I want you to celebrate what you did do that day. If you had, let's say, the laundry to do, uh, had to homeschool the kid, had to do all these things, whatever it was, and you celebrate the one out of four things that you did accomplish before bed, you're programming your mind to love yourself more. So the next day when you wake up, guess what you're going to want to do more of? The thing you were successful with before, because success only builds on success. It doesn't build on punishment. Let me repeat that. You got to write that one down too. Success doesn't build on punishment. It doesn't happen. If you beat the crap out of yourself of what you didn't accomplish, success doesn't come from that. It comes from celebrating what you did do. It's like rewarding a dog for peeing outside. When you get a new puppy, does it work to punish the dog for peeing indoors? It doesn't work. The only way you potty train a dog is from positive reinforcement of going to the bathroom outside. So my challenge to all you ladies listening to this is stop peeing in your own mind. <laughs> stop peeing in your own mind, okay? Celebrate what you did do. Second thing that you celebrate each day, celebrate how you added value to other people's lives. The mindset of service is the mindset of abundance. In fact, if you think about I'm not enough, that belief is just focused on yourself. It's not focused on others. But when you celebrate how you did add value to somebody's life and you celebrate how, you know what? I made my kids a great lunch today. Or you know what? I helped my kids with math homework. Or you know what? I did that and I worked a full-time job. Like, and I served all those people and I helped my boss and I helped my employees or whatever it is. You celebrate how you added value to the world. You're celebrating the thing that's going to create more success because the thing that's going to create more success is more service because service to many leads to greatness. That's a Zig Ziglar quote, service to many leads to greatness. So when you celebrate service, you're rewarding it. You're praising the dog for peeing outside. You're praising the behavior that you want. So you flood your mind with now what you did accomplish and how you served. So now the next morning you're waking up and you're feeling alive because you're like, okay, I'm going to be more productive today. And you know what? I'm going to help some people today. And you wake up with that energy, it makes you feel alive. But there's a third thing. And the third thing that you're going to celebrate is who you are as a woman. You're going to celebrate your character. You're going to celebrate how you love so hard. You're gonna celebrate how you're doing everything you can. 
you know, celebrate how you just care so deeply about your kids. Most of the time when people celebrate, they celebrate external and there's nothing wrong with celebrating external. Beautiful. But you also need to celebrate your character. Like me, I'm an amazing dad. I'm an amazing husband. I love so hard. I care so deeply about my clients. Mm -hmm. I love them so much. I care so much about people's transformation. I give so much. I take great care of my health. I celebrate that each day. I celebrate that each and every day before I go to bed. And what that does is it programs a belief overnight that I'm already enough as I am right now. So now you really train the dog to pee outside. That's like puppy boot camp. Right? <laughs> the next morning, you want to do more, you want to give more, and you believe in yourself. And by the way, your self-worth increases. Your self-worth increases. Think about how that impacts your kids' lives forever. Think about how it impacts how they grow up, how they treat other people. Think about how it impacts who they marry. Think how it, about how it impacts how they handle finances. How do you and your spouse handle finances now with that mindset? How do you treat yourself? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you notice what's wrong or do you start celebrating what you see? Everything starts to change when you've programmed your mind this way. So today took you on a little journey from understanding the behind the scenes of why we don't feel enough. It's that old MacBook software and feeling good is our responsibility. Feeling like crap, feeling inadequate, that's our natural default setting with the reptilian brain. If you wanna feel like you're enough, if you wanna feel alive, you wanna believe in yourself, it's on you. It's your responsibility to condition it. Talked about how to do that. We, break through, we broke through the limiting beliefs through doubt and pain and vision. And then we also talked about, oh, by the way, the formula for happiness, why we're happy, why we're not happy, what we typically do to do that. Before we talked about breaking beliefs, once that belief was broken, then we talked about feelings of worth, how to feel more worthy and the ultimate self-love tool, which is celebration, the lost art in personal development. So I hope this gave you not only some theory, but some tangible steps on what you can do to change your life. Believe that you're more than enough because every single person listening to this is more than enough. You are more than enough. You've always been enough. You already are enough and you'll always be enough. So Bryn, my friend, I hope this serves your audience. I'll turn oh this back to you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Good, sir. Holy Cazoli. I don't know about you guys, but I, <laughs> I took so many notes and that was so, so good. I love the tangible takeaways. I love the theory. I love understanding more about and asking those hard questions. Why is this happening? And, and going back and really digging deep. I love your example. And I've heard it before about your, your cute daughter and what you did to really break that pattern and bust out of that belief. And I think there is so much power in, in asking ourselves those hard questions. What will happen if I don't change? And then the flip side of that, how will this bless and change my life? That vision piece of how will this bless my life if I do change? And I, I know I've talked about this before, but in that celebration, uh, obviously there's so much power in just thinking it, but I think if we can take it to that place where we're, when we're in that celebration moment every single night, because we're all going to make this a daily practice, right? To celebrate ourselves daily. I want to challenge each and every one of us, myself included, to not just think these things. Don't just think it. Either write it down 
in a journal, on a blank piece of paper, wh wherever it is for you, write it down or speak it out loud. And if you want to just like be super epic power pose at the same time, <laughs> look at yourself in the mirror. And if you haven't listened to that Ted talk, go look up power posing. Um, but seriously, if we can just like power pose or write it out in a journal and do these celebrations, what did you accomplish today? What value did you add to others today? Who are you as a person? And if we can scratch that record of like, we're not enough as mamas, as wives, as humans, as women, and instead just flip it on its head. And like, these are all the reasons I freaking rock. Like, oh my gosh, right? What kind of humans will we raise if we are coming at life with that perspective? And what kind of person will we be? What kind of value will we add to the world when we're just embracing ourselves and who we really, really, truly are? My, one of my very favorite quotes ever. And if you, if you know me at all, you've heard me say this a million times, but it's the quote by Marianne Williamson. And it the quote is our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who am I not to be? Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. And as you let your own light shine, you unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. You are amazing. I am amazing. Brad is amazing. This was amazing. <laughs> Holy Cazoli, seriously, go back and listen to that again. Really, truly, I encourage you. The first time, it's a great, beautiful introduction. The second time, it starts to sink in. And the third time, you just really break away with amazing, tangible tips, tricks, takeaways. And seriously, seriously amazing. Brad, if they want to hear more from you, learn more about you, potentially work with you, where can they find you? Woohoo! First of all, <laughs> holy cazoli might be my new favorite phrase. I, know. Uh, <laughs> I love that so much. I heard that when you sent me an Instagram message, I was like, that's amazing. I'm going to steal holy cazoli because it's fantastic. It. But yeah, um, thank you so much for the opportunity to share. Um, you can find me on my website, bradbizjack.com. Um, I'm most active on the gram. So find me on Instagram, it's just the handle Brad Bizjack. And if you're looking for like just daily free inspiration, um, if you head to my Instagram, the link in the bio is just free success coaching. Each day I send a two to three minute video, keep you in touch with uh, just these paradigms and these thoughts and these beliefs that have kind of served my life in some way. So feel free to hop on to Morning Mindset Mastery. We'd love to have you there. Sweet. Oh, seriously, you are just a gem. So. Thank you, good sir. And to all my listeners, thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you next week. All right, you guys, that's it. Thank you for sticking around. If this message spoke to you today, please feel free to share it with someone you love. It would mean the world to me if you would leave this podcast a quick review from wherever you're listening from so that other mamas can find it too. Be sure to find me on Instagram so that we can be friends in real life. You can find me at Bryn Wise. 
Thank you for making the choice to become a mom. Thank you for loving your kids. Remember that you are doing better than you think you are. Remember to lean on your village. Remember, the biggest contribution you make in this world might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And always remember to give yourself grace. Thank you.